Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. We're not good enough yet. We got a long way to go. We got a lot of work to do. We're close, and close don't mean, and you can put that on TV for me. I'm tired of coming close, and we're going to work our off till we ain't close anymore. And it may take some time. We're going to get it done. We aren't in there. We aren't. We aren't good enough. They're better than us. Black and white, simple fact. Could have, would have, should have is the difference. Of what I'm talking about. The good teams don't come in and say could have. They get it done. All right, it's that simple. I'm tired of saying could have, should have, would have. That's why we ain't good enough yet. Because we're saying could have and they ain't. Man, I absolutely love that audio. And typically I could listen to all of those clips on repeat all day long. But I hate hearing them after we play a football game. But they're normally dead on. You're like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That's the way it's been the past two weeks, and it's two different audio clips. There is a Jim Mora quote for every bad situation with the football team is what I found What I found out. What an absolutely brutal football game. Just brutal. Everything about it, horrible. Hated it. Um... And even though we didn't play well, I didn't think until the, um, the fourth down was no good on the final drive, never thought we were going to lose the football game. I've got to stop feeling that way. Yeah, just, just let, let, you, let yourself uh, be surprised if it does happen from here on out, I, I guess. Yeah, man, man. it's uh, – I mean, we talked all last week about what this game meant and what was on the line, and, well, you're, you're facing that reality right now as, uh, as you look up and what the rest of the year is going to look like. Yeah, it just it, – it stunk, man. I, the, the further I get away from Saturday, and I felt pretty good about the way the defense played during the postgame yeah. show, but really looking at it now, they had a tough start, but maybe that's to be expected a little bit. When you're playing without your best player and you're banged up on that side and they have an offense that does some nice things, I thought the way the defense played just overall the last three quarters was exceptional. And, yes, they give up the long touchdown drive. That stinks. That doesn't. That can't happen. But the defense puts you in a spot to win the game. And I know that's being said, but you essentially get three takeaways, two fourth down stops and the interception. Um, yep. The defense wasn't perfect, but once again, I, I thought it was good enough, man. I agree. I agree. And, you know, they got the, the stops they needed late. You know, we had a chance in that football game to not just not just win it. We had a chance to, like, 
separate and really extend and why well, I, I, I don't know I, we were starting to assert ourselves we had a really nice drive on offense and defense was putting to some stops together and we just flat out fell apart down the stretch yep you know, we, well, I mean, they would have a good drive going, and then all of a yeah. sudden it's a five-yard false start, and then everything just goes to, to crap after that. It's If one thing goes wrong offensively, then it's essentially a, a drive killer. I'm trying yeah. to find in my little game log here um, exactly where it was. H- h- here it is. It looks like this was their second possession in the third quarter. OU yeah. has the ball, and Oklahoma State has 12 men on the field. So OU gets a first and five. Right. And then you blink – and all of a sudden, you go from first and five to second and 14, and then third and 13. And I think that you ended up still scoring a, a touchdown on that drive, but there's just so many scenarios where, how, how did you how'd you waste that opportunity? You know, like it's, there's just so many points right. where you're rolling, you have a nice drive going, you get a loss of one, loss of two, something happens, and then you get no points out of it. It's, it's, it's very frustrating offensively right now, for sure. Nope, that's right. I mean, that... That same series, okay, we go down and we ended up scoring a touchdown there to take the the lead, twenty one seventeen, and but we had found something, you know, that's seven plays, eighty four yards, and you know, Tawi caps it off with that nice touchdown run, and it's like, okay, here we go, and defense goes out, five plays and and out. And, you know, they got a first down on the first play, uh, nice little gain, and then we three and out them in the next, next you know, series of downs. And then offense has the ball, 21-17, and we turn it over on downs. Can't get it done. Um, you know, and then Oklahoma State has the ball. We force an interception, get it out to near midfield, and we're three and out. And we've got a, you know, we got a punt with uh, Dylan Gabriel, which was executed really nicely. And he down kicks to with the his right foot. Line. How about that yeah. for a surprise? Yeah, that was that was surprising. But you know, we we don't get any points out of the interception that we create and take it out to midfield. We get nothing out of it. Um, and then obviously Oklahoma State goes down and and scores a touchdown um, after you know they got first and ten from the three. They get a nice little five-yard run, and then um, stuffed, no gain on second and five. So it's third and five, and they throw that that route down the sideline. And the worst call I've ever seen in my life. Well, which yeah, one? W- which one? I <laughs> well, for for a, thra- a flag actually being thrown, that's it. That was not defensive pass interference. No. If anything, it was offensive pass interference or no call. But on third down, the officials absolutely bail Oklahoma State out from their own eight-yard line. And obviously, because of the horrendous call, we tack on another another 15, and then they're out with, with good field position. Just yeah. yeah, okay, incredible. well, let, let's just go ahead and start there. Like, we got a ton of text. I've got a thought on the offense um, as to what really needs to change. I'm just trying to figure out, like, why – they can't sustain drives when they need to. I don't think I have the answer, but at least to, to bring up something with the offense. We'll get to text. We'll, we'll do it all today. But the officiating in this game is is a main story. 
So I agree with you. I thought that was a terrible call on Macari Vickers. And going back and watching that replay several times today, not only was it a terrible call on Macari Vickers, if you go back and watch that replay, I, I think it's also like a difference of when the flag actually comes out, right? Because there was contact there, and if the flag comes out well after the ball is incomplete, not that you feel better about it, but it's almost like the flag was thrown with the referee anticipating that the defender was going to interfere with the wide receiver. Like, I, I don't think that he threw the flag before contact was really ever made, if that makes sense. It's almost as if, yeah. like, he was, okay, this looks like it's going to be P.I., I throw the flag. And if you go watch that replay up close, the only contact that's really made is Oklahoma State's wide receiver pushing off on that play. I mean, yeah. it, it was a terrible call. Yeah, I was um... – I don't know. I was on the other side of the field, uh, up on the makeshift uh, broadcasting booth on top of the stadium, naked eye, and saw it instantly. The flag came out. I said, yeah, it's pass- offense pass interference. It's easy to see. Clear as day. Um, if you throw a flag, like, there shouldn't have been a flag there Agreed. at all. But if you're going to drop the flag like he did, I was like, oh, okay. Offensive P.I. You see everyone there on the Oklahoma sideline, like, clapping, yep, that's it, offensive P.I., because it's uh, blatantly obvious. It's horrible, dude. And, you know, it comes across as, well, yeah, you guys lost, and now, fine, whatever. If if you want to paint it that way, that's fine, but that's trash. Well, even the, e- even the, the break penalty, too. I, I know that you can't run out to the numbers, but you can't tell me that's the only time that that happens. I mean, that was another one where he's just asking what's what happened, essentially. I, I saw Gundy run out yeah. uh, to the numbers whenever they had the 12-man penalty. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, is, is that what we're, we're talking about here? Let's be consistent, and I don't want it to be that way. I want the, the head coaches to be able to go out and challenge calls, especially when they're as trashy as the ones that we saw on Saturday were. And the Drake Stoops situation, like, I can't even begin. I, I don't even know where to go on that one. Well, let me start here with that one because I heard this a lot in the postgame show. And, like, after thinking about it for, you know, a day, you know, we had one caller that said, you know, I know people are calling in tonight and saying that Oklahoma should have never been in that spot. And I, and I agree with that. Oh, you shouldn't have been in the spot where you needed the call to win the game. But at the same time, Teddy, you were. You were in that spot. Whether they should be in that spot or not, they were in that spot at that given moment. And he was tackled in the end zone. And you can't tell me that that ball was uncatchable. You can't tell me that Drake Stoops was out of bounds. The dude still made the catch, and he would have made the catch inbounds. Um, There's been no explanation from it from the Big 12. I doubt that we'll get one. It's um, as as, as bad as those other two penalties we're talking about were. That one, I, I don't even... Like, that well, makes me – we joked about the conspiracy, but that makes me believe the conspiracy is real when you watch that playback several times. Here's the thing. We, we don't need the call to win the, to, to win the game. We need the Oklahoma State defender to not interfere. If he doesn't drag Drake Stoops down – Correct, yeah. He catches a touchdown. Right, yeah, I mean, he does. Like, it's not – it's not like we, we needed a call, like, oh, you got to get that. No. If he doesn't do it, we catch a touchdown. And he almost caught it anyways. 
you know? Well, he so, did catch it, but, yeah, he was just out of bounds. Right. Right. It's, yeah. I, now, we had plenty of other opportunities to win the football game or, I guess, maybe not win it to, to not lose the football game. I mean, plain and simple, here's the thing. I, I am not thrilled with our offense. I, you know, I, and I've said this all along, stylistically, it's not my jam, okay? It's not, it's not what I would do, but, you know, it has success across the country. There's a bunch of teams that run the similar style of offense. Some have success with it. Some have a lot of success with it, but it's not my style. But we can put all that aside. You know, the defense has played good enough to win the last two games. Not great. Not elite-level defense. They've played good enough to win, and they've given the offense opportunities to win it late. They've gotten the stops. They've gotten, they've gotten the job done late whenever they've needed to. You know, they've after bad turnovers, they've forced, you know, field goals whenever they've been put with a, a short short field, backs against the wall, and they've been able to minimize the dim, damage and get out of there. I mean, the defense has, has, has done some good things. It's the turnovers. It's the turnovers because, you know, our, our offense last year and this year, we don't have a juggernaut offense. We don't. We have an offense that's good enough to beat most teams in conjunction with our defense whenever we win the turnover battle and we don't turn the ball over. We lose the turnover battle, we get our asses kicked really quickly because our defense, they can't, they, they can't get all of those stops over and over, especially whenever they're on a 97-yard drive you know, they're stuck out there on the field forever. They give up the touchdown. Offense takes the field, and on the first snap, they turn it over yeah, that's right. on our own 20-yard line. And miraculously, the defense, after being out there for a 97-yard drive, are able to force three and out and force a field goal. Yep. You know, so I, it's, it's the turnovers, man. And I don't know... I, I don't know what you do about a snap that hits your quarterback in the knee. I, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, some of these things that we've just – there's one – it's one thing to to have a team that goes out and, and forces a turnover. Okay, they have a big hit and jar the ball loose. A defender, a corner makes a great play and, you know, picks it off or, you know, it's one thing to do that. But I, the majority of our turnovers the last two weeks have been unforced errors. Uh, deep ball in double coverage with a short receiver down the field. Which, you know, that one I will, I will at least hand it to them for making the play. But two of them are like snap issues that, you know, one of them is a, is a low snap. The other is like a direct snap to the back. But they're just hand them over. Yeah. And then you go back to, to the Kansas game, and, you know, we, we muff a, a kickoff, and it's just like, not only are we turning it over, it's like we're handing them the ball. Like, sure. they don't even have to earn it. 
Uh, one more. Sooner Studi says, "Do you, y'all see the or did y'all see the big block in the back that wasn't flagged against yes. OSU?" Yeah, I did see that as well. And look, I my expectations going into a college football game is that everything's going to be seen, everything's going to be called. But I do expect going into a college football game that if a wide receiver is tackled in the end zone right in front of official, that that's going to be called for pass interference because that's what the call should have been. Well, so I did see that, but it happens right in front. Like, just make the call. I, I, don't, I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, it's it's a block in the back, directly like at the point of attack with the ball carrier in the open field. You, everyone can see it. It's blatant. It's easy. It's obvious. You know, and and not to uh, you get labeled as well. You just complaining about the officials because you lost. No. No, no, that's not the case. I'm complaining about the officials because it is the worst officiating you could ever imagine. That's why I'm complaining about it. 918, do you all buy the crap Greg Swaim is spreading about Stoops being an eligible receiver on the PI no call because he stepped out of bounds? No, but crap and Greg Swaim do go together. You got that No, part he's text, not right? out of bounds. What are they talking about? Well, it, it, we'll, we'll mind that person that they're referencing. I, we, we won't pay attention to him. That's, there's no credibility there. Zero, actually. Well, I've, I heard, so I, I heard um, someone else say it, too, and I – Went back and watched it. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Are they insane? The only reason that he was ever out of bounds is because he got essentially tackled out of bounds. Yeah, he got drug out of bounds. Otherwise, he would have caught it with two feet in bounds, and the only time he would have been out of bounds, if there's no interference, is when he's walking with the football in the back of the end zone after he just scored six points. Well, I don't know what they're talking about. If a receiver is running down the sideline and a ball comes in the air, the receiver's trying to make a play on the ball and he gets interfered with by the defender and knocked out of bounds, that doesn't mean too bad. It means it's pass interference. What the hell are they talking about? Are they idiots? I heard Jim yes. Traber saying the same thing. Yes. He's an idiot too. Yes. He doesn't know what he's talking about. All right, um, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Newcastle Casino I-44, exit 107. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. It's time. All we want to think about is football and basketball season, but it's also insurance season. November 1st to December 15th is open enrollment for your individual medical coverage. It's the time you need to pick a new plan or up. Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the showroom. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships to see the Fowler standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. This is what drives us every day. Fowler Automotive, a proud partner of OU Athletics. is the rush on the ref tyler mccombus teddy layman on a reaction monday oh yeah there's reactions going on right now on the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line we said there is a uh, jim mora audio quotes for every bad moment for a football team is there any good t- uh, tool lyrics for a situation like this 
Of course. Things, always. Things aren't going well. Um, referees aren't doing you any favors. Trying to yes. find your way a little bit. What is I it? I may have to. Maybe I'll put one out later today. Of course. It's, uh, mm. it's cathartic. It's healing. We'll put something out there. Yeah, please do. Because uh, it's, uh, it's, it's tough right now. And now what, uh, I, I guess, the situation is you got to win out. And you got to wait for a, or you got to hope for a Kansas loss and a Texas loss if you're going to make it to the Big 12 championship at this point. Well, I don't know how everyone else feels, but I give zero rips about the Big 12 championship game right now. Uh, I'm worried about a West Virginia team that's playing pretty daggum good football. Oh, yeah. If you ask me, like, uh, what are you most worried about out of the three scenarios there? Kansas losing, Texas losing, or OU winning three straight? It's definitely OU winning three straight right now. Because this West Virginia game, you're right. They're playing good. I mean, they'd be 7-2 and if not for that Hail Mary against Houston. Mm -hmm. Like, they're playing well. Like, this is going to be a tough task for a team that can't separate offensively. Seven and two, and one of those losses to a really good Penn State team. I mean, yeah, it, it's they're they're playing good football. Uh, let me uh, let me read a few texts here. So we're just getting so many. It's it's crazy. Appreciate that, guys. Jeff from OKC. You know that type of person who you beat at rock paper scissors, and they say, "Okay, best two out of three. You beat them again. They say, "All right, best four out of seven. Then they finally win one. That is how I feel about the Pokes right now. Well, let me say this about. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State won that football game. All right? Oklahoma State doesn't have anything to do with the officiating. I thought thought Alan Bowman was the MVP of the game. He was nails. He played great. RPO game from them, like whenever he was pulling some of the runs and threading them in there. He looked like the first time he played OU in the first half when he was healthy. No, he's really good. He played great. They made big plays. Their receivers made big plays. Our receivers dropped the ball on, on big play opportunities. Now, we made some nice plays. I'm not suggesting we didn't make any, but Oklahoma State made more. Rashad Owens uh, had a really big game. He had a day he's, now. He's a, good, he's a good player. Yeah, he really yeah. is. They blocked us. You, I, I thought at times we were the more physical team, but I think if you go back and you take in everything, I think Oklahoma State, over the duration of the football game, was the more physical team. You know, I, it's – what. and the other thing that frustra- frustrates me about Ollie Gordon – Great player, and we did a great job against him for the majority of the game. And then on the plays where he we hand him plays, like if a guy like runs through a couple of tackles, and you can look at it and say hats off, like that is an incredible run. I mean, he didn't have many of those against us. What he mainly had was no gains, and then. Wide open, gaping, drive a truck through them holes. You know, and that's frustrating. Uh, okay, this is from Cherokee Sooner. Dear Jeff Levy, choices always were a problem for you. What you need is someone strong to guide you. Deaf and blind <laughs> and dumb and born to follow. What you need is someone strong to guide you, like Oh, me. my gosh. Well, it sounds like someone's already given the eulogy <laughs> for, uh, for Levy there. None of that. I will not 
tolerate the use of lyrics in that manner. Okay, um, let's discuss the fourth and five play there. What? Uh, how do we feel about the decision? I mean, we don't feel great about the decision right now, obviously. But who who is that on? Is that on the play call? Is that on the receiver? Like, it's pretty obvious you got to get past the sticks in that spot. Yeah, it's. I think it's all of the above. I mean, it's a timing play. So, I if you're Drake Stoops, you can only fight for that yardage, the upfield yardage, so much, you know, and he has to be coming back to the football in order to make the play. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if he doesn't come back to it, you know, he can, there's no chance that he makes it. So, I, I'm not a fan of that play call, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the play call in that that situation it's not something that we do we, we're not a sprint out team no just attack them attack their second That's again it. when they had was it their second touchdown drive after the uh they get down 17-7 okay and then i write down like oh boy they got all the momentum this could turn ugly in a hurry mm-hmm. oh you really had to go down and score and it felt like they they had a downhill run game they attacked yeah. Oklahoma State secondary like they were really aggressive down the field. And I wrote down, great drive, great drive, great play calls. Kind of kept it simple. And they score a touchdown, cut it to 17-14. Like, I, I just think that that's when they're at their best. And I thought that's when they were at their best on Saturday. If they're just running downhill and attacking their secondary. Yeah. And that doesn't mean deep balls, just putting their corners and safeties in spots. Like, tough spots down the field. Yeah. Well, um... But I got a lot of issues with the offense, I, none bigger than their inability to stretch out a lead and close the game. I think that's kind of where everyone's at right now. But the most frustrating moments of the game for me watching it turn out to be, I think, a real weakness of this offense. And I hate it just like everyone else. I think it's chicken you-know-what when OU picks up a first down and someone immediately goes down with a fake injury to slow down the tempo and the pace, right? Mm-hmm. It, it infuriates me, and it's been going on for a while. There's nothing you can do to police it necessarily now in college football. I mean, what, what do you do? Like, those are the rules. I, I just think teams right now are saying, you know what? This offense is good when it's got some tempo behind it, but if it's not doesn't have tempo and it's not going fast, then it's just okay. It's just an okay offense. I hate right. it. I think it's weak. But you're seeing the opposition now week in and week out. And I don't think that this is going to change, by the way. OU picks up a first down just when you think that they're going to go fast. That's when you see the fake injury happen. So there's some things that got to change with this offense, man. There's no doubt. But maybe the biggest is the fact that they can only be good when they go fast. Because that's a real problem right now. I agree. I I am am not a fan of the tempo. I don't like it. I, I, I think it is one of the one of the things that makes us like overall not good offensively. Does does tempo hurt a defense? Sometimes, sure. Um, do they get tired and and can that wear on them? Absolutely, sure, it can. But it's still. All, all it is, like you're not 
you're not out physicaling someone. You're not you're not out scheming somebody. You're not out blocking them. You're not making guys. It all it's simply we're just quick snapping you and trying to get you you know disoriented. It's it's not a way to play championship football no, in my not. opinion. If that, especially if that's the only thing you could do offensively. It, it, you know, it's not. I think we a couple of things. Like if I were to sit down right now with the University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables and and say what I thought about the offense, I would say we need to jettison our tempo stuff. Now, there's times to go tempo, right? We all know that. There's times to go tempo whenever you have a clock situation and like I'm fine with that. Right? But we need to we need that that can't be our mentality. It has to be the one thing or the main thing that changes with this offense because if we're saying the same thing next year, and I know the SEC isn't, you know, what it's been in the past, but it, it'll get it'll get better. I mean, for sure. There's there's obviously some good defenses in that league. The point is is that you're never going to accomplish your goals in that league if this is the only way that you can move the ball consistently offensively is with tempo. Well, here's the thing. And, until there's a rule change, if all someone has to do is uh, lay down and have a fake cramp, well, then there's no point in doing it. Yep. I, it's There's the easiest. And it's been happening, and it will continue to happen, man. Yeah. There, there, there was a replay of this Oklahoma State player that goes down, and he starts to grab for his um, his hamstring, and then he sees a flag on the play, and he just, like, gets up and just – he's like, oh, okay, I don't need to lay down here. There's a flag on the play. Like, well, so that's what teams are doing. Right, it, and it's not just Oklahoma State. Um, it, everyone, everyone pretty much uses it. I don't know anyone that doesn't. I don't – I mean, we've used it in the past 100%. I, you know, I don't know if we do now, but we have in the past. It's – what I'm saying is if, if there's that easy of an answer to it, well, then until there's a rule change, you need to get rid of it. And the other thing that I think is almost just as important, we'll get to on the other side. Quick timeout, more from the rush coming up, hanging out Newcastle Casino today. Keep hitting the text on 651 651- Three four three nine. We'll be back. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. The new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with each patient to take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Functional sports medicine physician Amanda Sadler, MD, is committed to spending time with each patient to help them achieve top-level energy, strength, endurance, and performance. In every capacity. Whether you're a seller, a buyer, an investor, or a renter, we can help. Please explore our website at ariagroupok.com. Aria Real Estate Group, the gold standard of real estate. Reaction Monday on the rush. A lot to react to. A lot to react to. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let me read a few of these here. Jim in Arlington was saying FSU and the Cheese It Bowl. That is kind of the main game. <laughs> when I think of faking injuries against an OU offense, I do think of Florida State and that Cheese It Bowl um, yeah. first. Uh, someone from the 615 says, honestly, it's smart. And as much as I hate it, and I do hate it. I hate the strategy of faking injuries. I think it's weak, but can you use the word smart 
when you're going up against OU in this offense at this point, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it is smart at this point. Well, sure. I, well, offense and every offense, and well, not every one of them, but a lot of offenses in college football are blurring the lines legally in what they do anyways with the RPO stuff and where the offensive linemen are downfield and and some of that. So like they are they're using the playbook or the the rules book to their advantage as well. All right. And there's a lot of that going on, some gray area stuff throughout the game. So I mean this is this is no different. All right. And that's what I'm saying is you could say it's 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 bad football, whatever. Until there's a new rule that that changes the, what defenses can do to slow you down and to stop the momentum of the drive, in my opinion, it's it's a worthless endeavor to have that as a key component of your offense. Yeah. Well, okay, well, I think that that is something that has to change. It's got to change yes. before you get to next year. You have something else that's equally as important. What is it offensively? I and, and I. Uh, this is something that again I don't necessarily say is all Oklahoma. I think there's an epidemic of this going in college football right now. On third and medium to long, we have got to stop trying to get a few yards to see if we can go for it on fourth down. We need to just pick up the third. Run a play and a route scheme, whatever it is, that you can gain the the yardage required to convert the third down. This whole, like we're in the middle of the field, it's third and seven, let's try and hit them on a quick, you know, running play to see if we can chew up five or six of it and have a fourth and one and, and maybe be able to convert that. Let me can, can I try and guess a scenario that you're talking about here? That it, it looks like it was in the second quarter. OU's down 17-14. They're just on the plus side. Or they're on the plus side of the field. They've got a third and eight. They throw a little uh, bubble to Drake Stoops that loses six yards. They settle for a 51-yard missed field goal. Well, that, I, I didn't necessarily have anything in mind. I, it happens constantly. It, ha- it happens over and over and over. It even ha- on the fourth downs that we get, often it was a setup play to get it. And I know that someone right now, and if you have this conversation with the coach, they're going to say, well, statistically speaking, it's easier to convert a fourth and two than it is a third and eight or whatever that is. Well, yeah, that's the case. Uh, before everyone in the world knows that, hey, it's third and eight, they're probably going to run something here in the middle of the field to try and convert on fourth down, like that, it no longer works. Like, had you been the front runner, the first person to start deploying that method, you probably would be able to get a bunch of people and, frankly, pick up some third downs whenever people aren't ready for a quick hit and run or something right there that's that's just a quick hitter instead of a, a down-the-field route scheme. But now, since everyone in college football is doing it, it's no longer no longer useful, in my opinion. 402 says the sprint-out passing com- concept is an epidemic that needs to be stopped. 
Um, it, whatever on that. I just don't want to run it on the most crucial play of the game. The sprint pass is good. I, I don't want to run it when you don't really run it all that much, and that's, that's kind of your thing. Yeah, because in that situation, you take away half the field. And I right. think was Drake Stoops their only option on that play, really? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're dialing it up for that one option. And, again, um, I have no problem throwing it to Drake in that situation. I mean, he was your best player offensively. That's the best game Drake Stoops has played at oh, OU. Yeah. And he's, pl- he's played a lot of great games. He has. But he was but awesome he, on Saturday. Absolutely. He's, he, you know, I said this during the broadcast, and it's, it's nothing new to anyone else, but he – what he does on a week-in, week-out basis is it's incredible. And I, I never thought that – number one, I, I never thought he'd become the player that he has. I don't know why, but I'll admit that. Um, he's, he's our best receiver. He's not our most gifted receiver. He may not even be our most productive, but he probably is at this point. But what he does in the clutch, what he does week in, week out, he's not perfect. He's got mistakes. But what he does week in, week out, blocking, toughness, competitive catches, hell, we don't have anyone close to that. No. No. um, I was – you know, Nick Anderson just didn't have the game that I was hoping that he would have on Saturday. But Drake Stoops filled the void for all those receivers when he had opportunities. And still, like, he got tackled in the end zone, and he still came up with the catch. Was out of bounds yeah. because he got tackled. But even there, like, you want to talk about competitive plays, it's a pretty damn competitive play when you get tackled in the end zone, yet you still come up with the football. Yeah. No, he's awesome, man. And I don't know if he's been taken for granted around here. I'm not saying that he has. I hope that he hasn't. But well, that's uh, you, usually you, what you, happens you will whenever miss you... him. You will miss him next year. Oh, there's no doubt. But that that's you you usually do get taken for granted whenever you are extremely consistent. You you do everything that you're you're asked to do and you do it at a high level and everyone can rely on you. You know, the people that are reliable are not the people that get the headlines. The people that get the headlines are the people that make the wow plays, even though the wow plays are often surrounded by a bunch of penalties and not being in the right place and, you know, some opportunities to make some big ones and drops and all of the potential, man. We've got a bunch of potential. Yeah, the potential gets the headline, not the day in, day out, week in, week out, consistent performer. This text says, does Drake Stoops have any more eligibility? He doesn't, but if I could grant an extra year of eligibility to anyone on this team, I'd pick him and I wouldn't really think twice about it. be pretty obvious to me at this point. That was his best game on Saturday, and that's what sucks too, is that um, his best game didn't end up with a big win. I know. He now has 52 catches for Dang. 528 and six touchdowns. 52 catches. Dang. Uh, he's the leading uh, receptions guy by almost 20 receptions. How many yards and did you say that, that he has? 528. He's about to pass Farouk. Farouk, yeah. Farouk's got 547, but uh, he only has 33 receptions. He, yep. Dude, I think Drake Stoops is going to end the year as the leading receiver on this team. 
That's that's going to happen. I, think I mean, so. receptions, obviously, but receiving yards, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's going to happen. I don't know, man. Um, but, again, the two things, the tempo, we got to, we, I mean, you can deploy it every now and then, but it's too easy to counter. It's too easy to control. You've got to move on to something else. Well, think and about what we're talking about here. We're talking about getting back to winning a championship. That's just not that's that's, that's it. not what it's going to be. I it, no. re- regardless if you were a play away, like even if you were nine and zero right now, I would hope that we'd be talking about that's not what a championship offense looks like. If you can't if you can't generate offense by slowing down the tempo and the pace, that's not sustainable. And you know the other thing, the like the counter to that is well, you know, whenever like, we don't have the athletes to run something else and win a championship, well, okay, well we don't we don't have to win a championship this year. Like we're building towards something. Like we've we've we've. I mean, there's plenty of offenses out there that, and I'm not saying we wholesale change everything. We just we can't use that as. A- for three generations, the John M. Ireland and Son Funeral Home and Chapel in Morris continued to serve the community by giving back to local schools, charitable organizations, and first responders. We provide pre-planning for funerals and cremation services at the most reasonable prices. We are proud to be a family-owned and operated funeral home. Award-winning funeral home year after year, our family believes in serving the people of our community. I'm John Ireland. And I'm Solon Daniels. You've, You've got, got our word on Cavens Group bringing you this hour of The Rush. If you have an emergency, 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. 405-573-3048 or cavensgroup.com. We have two tickets to give away to tonight's OU Central Michigan men's basketball game at the Lloyd Noble Center, 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, first person that texts in, and by the way, if you participate in this, please accept the tickets. Please make it out to the LNC tonight for the season opener. Let's go with uh, what was Teddy's record against Oklahoma State uh, his four years, four huh. years at OU. First one nice. to uh, get that one right, going to uh, OU Central Michigan. There were some complaints earlier when Parker and Steely were on when we gave the first pair away. Oh, yeah, real cool giveaway, guys. They're $2 on StubHub right now. Awesome. They may be listed as $2 on StubHub, but we are saving you the $50 service fee that they probably charge for those $2 tickets. These are no free. Kidding. No service charge. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, well. we'll Cherokee Sooner away. is the winner. He says 69-0 was your. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, actually, looks like it's uh, John and Blanchard. That's uh, John. If you could, will you text in your uh, full name so I can get you those tickets? Congratulations. Though I really want to give him a Cherokee sooner for saying you're sixty nine and zero against OSU. That's I know. Funny. I know it. Um, can we talk about the loser from this weekend? The biggest loser? I don't even know sure. if it was OU that was the biggest loser this weekend. It may have been an Oklahoma State position coach. Even after the big win, do you see what Jason McIndoo did yesterday? No. So um, I am all for giving praise to guys on your team, and I think that's great. I think that there's a place for it. Uh, I, I just think he was totally uncalled for what he did. 
Uh, he tweeted out yesterday, and he is the like he what is he? He is the tight ends fullbacks coach at Oklahoma State. So we said okay. how it started, and he does the talking face emoji. How it finished, and he shows like the mad emoji and then the cowboy emoji. Then tags one of his players that uh, pretty much put Trace Ford on his backside one play. And then he attached uh, Trace Ford's quote that says, Mike Gundy loves being petty and I can't wait to play him. I can't wait to see his face if he hasn't seen me on film yet. I hope he does this weekend. So essentially Jason McAdoo took the opportunity to uh, call out Trace Ford yesterday, which I think is for for a guy in his situation, that's a a D-bag move. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, you know, hey, um, rivalry game, right? That's that's what you can expect in a rivalry game. You know, whenever whenever you put quotes out there and like you put yourself out there like that. I mean, he was just being asked a question about something that Gundy said sure. earlier. I mean, whatever. Like, if you want to talk smack to Trace Ford about what he said, that's cool. But a position coach putting that out, like, dude, really? Right. Okay, come yeah. on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um, oh, well, that's how it goes. Whenever you, you lose, you have to deal with that, that type of stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Let's get to some text messages next hour. 651-3439. We'll be back. It's times like these you give and give again. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans. KREF, Norman, Oklahoma. And streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Ever wonder why someone would wake up at the crack of dawn just for a chance at the unknown? Maybe a 